This episode is brought to you by FastBitcoins.com. FastBitcoins.com allows you to buy Bitcoin easily and safely in physical locations in the UK, Canada, and Estonia, and they're expanding quickly. They are the world's first cash-to-lightning exchange, delivering your Bitcoins right over the Lightning Network. They also have integrations with Samurai Wallet and Breeze Lightning Wallet, and more coming soon. FastBitcoins offers users the ability to stack sats without giving up too much personal information, and the business never holds customers' Bitcoins. Find Fast Bitcoins vouchers on BitRefill and physical point-of-sale retail outlets in a growing number of places. Check out the FastBitcoins.com interactive map to find the location nearest you. Hello, Bitcoiners. My name is Ansel Lindner, and this is Bitcoin and Markets. On this show, we honestly explore Bitcoin to the best of our ability. We take a look at stats, metrics, the tech, and the economics behind it all. My goal is to stay ahead of the curve and to take you along with me. Thanks for joining me. Let's go. Hello, Bitcoiners. Welcome back to the show. What a crazy week it has been. Just even the last 24 hours have been absolutely nuts. Trump has tweeted about Bitcoin and that some people, I think Matt O'Dell and Marty Bent, they've been talking about or predicting that Trump was going to tweet about it. And it's happened. It's been a negative, uh, uh, at least in a negative way. Uh, but no press is bad press for Bitcoin. So we'll talk about that. Um, what else? Altcoins are dying. <laughs> There's a little bit of uh, issue with Tether. I'll talk about that. But the, the dominating... Uh, narrative here is a coming financial crisis, Bitcoin exploding, and the altcoins not following. That kind of sums up Bitcoin right now, and I will talk about all that. All right, guys, let's get into the eToro price talk. eToro is the world's leading social trading platform. You can interact with other traders, follow successful traders, get followed yourself. You can even start with a free demo account. Use my link in the show notes. All right, right now on Bitstamp, we have 11660. 11,660. Over the last uh, 48 hours or so, we have pressured this regional high or this swing high up there. Uh, we crossed 13,000 and couldn't quite continue there. Um, this formation that it's forming is fundamentally different from the rest of this move from the bottom. So if you follow from the bottom um, and the breakout, specifically from the breakout at 4,200 up to now, um, we've had higher highs every single time in ascending channels. All right. Each step on this ladder, it has been an ascending channel until now, now we are forming kind of a pendant formation if we can hold the uh, lows of right now and consolidate towards the end of maybe a triangle formation. So this is fundamentally different than the rest of this move. Also, if you put a line from the all-time high down through this swing high, it is pushing right up against that. So it seems like this line from the all-time high through the swing high is a major fundamental line. And we'll probably push up against that for weeks or months. It might take a long time to break that. So if you, if you're joining for the first time here on Bitcoin and markets, um, thinking I'm going to tell you about, uh, going to the moon right away and, and all this. No, 
we will eventually go to the moon, but it's going to take a lot of mental fortitude to hold through these swings. And right now, since the bottom, it has not taken a lot of mental fortitude to hold through 14,000, right? So people have to get dropped off. People have to panic. You have to have uh, some people get wrecked out there. Um, the altcoins, some of the altcoins are getting wrecked. So that's a good thing. Um, but that's another narrative that we have to be watching out for too. I've been talking about the altcoin bubble bursting forever. The USD prices of the altcoins haven't been too bad, but of course the Bitcoin price of these things um, are getting demolished. So we had a big run up to 14,000. And my opinion is we have to have a correction, a sizable correction, even though we had a 30% correction, that's still not enough. We need to uh, people need to feel panic and pain and the altcoins need to go down further. Some of the altcoins are still 80, 90% off their all-time high where Bitcoin is only, I think, 35% or so off its all-time high. So if Bitcoin falls another 50%, like say back to, uh, I don't know, somewhere seven to 9,000 range, if it falls back down there, the altcoins could fall you know, another 80, 90%, especially versus Bitcoin. So I think that's what we need. There is no value over on the altcoin side. I don't hate altcoins. I, I hate, um, I don't know how to explain it. I hate false claims. I hate false claims. And these altcoins are all about false claims. All they talk about is something coming up. Oh, they're about to have a big announcement. Oh, they're going to have another big announcement with a big Fortune 500 company. And it comes and goes and nothing ever gets delivered. It's also a fact that it's just a gigantic bubble. You know, I've everyone for many years, people have been calling Bitcoin a tulip bubble. And that's, of course, wrong. But I do believe that these altcoins were the tulip bubble of crypto. The altcoins were the... Uh, you know, the dot-com bubble that was in the altcoins. Bitcoin is the fundamental technology here. And so if you want to whittle away and get to the root of this, you need to kill those altcoins. You need to make them a laughing stock. If you're looking at Bitcoin as a revolution in money, okay, then money is one thing. We are not going to have digital barter. It's going to be either we are going to move to a uh, fiat-based standard. I thought maybe like a SDR, digital SDR standard. That's kind of what Libra wants to do, right? But now Libra has having pushback. So that's probably not in the cards. So either we stay on the same thing that we have now with fiat being a huge percentage and basically the world reserve currency in the U.S. dollar. Either we stay on that for an extended period, another 50, 100 years, or we have some digital SDR, which that's looking unlikely, or we have Bitcoin. We're not going to have Ethereum. We're not going to have a Ripple standard. Those things are jokes, okay? They don't deliver. They're, they lie to you and <laughs> they're not decentralized. They're not going to stand the test of time against a U.S. dollar onslaught, against a U.S. government or a uh, central bank onslaught, which is coming. 
And we can see that everywhere around the space from all of the talking heads, right? The IRS even came out with a new thing, uh, new some new guidelines. And I dropped that on the Discord, the members channel of the Discord. So uh, right when that came out, I dropped that there. So if you guys want to get some uh, heads up on some of these things, join the Discord channel uh, and uh, become a member of the show. You have to go to Patreon and become a $5 member and you can get into those member channels. But anyway, so... Yeah, the price does look like it's triangling here. <laughs> Bitcoin loves to triangle and flag and pennant. Uh, so we'll have to see what happens. But I think that, again, we need a little bit more panic and pain in the market. And there's a lot of people out there that have a lot of money, printable money, to make that happen. Short term, right? So like I said, I'm not a moon boy <laughs> right now, we're not going to $10 million valuations in Bitcoin in the next uh, 12 to 24 months. We're not, it's not going to be there. Okay. But maybe the next uh, 12 years will be at 10 million. So there's lots of time here. We have 310 days or so before the halvening. And remember the last halvening uh, was at around $700 when the all-time high was $1,200. So we're, we're looking at that kind of priced in ballpark for the halvening. And right now we're above that. Well, actually it would be right about this price. I think if you would compare it to the 13 all time high and then the halvening, the 2016 halvening. But anyway, it's not going to be a halvening at 50,000. I don't think so. It's of course possible, but very unlikely in my opinion. I don't think that. Uh, we will be much past the all-time high by the halvening. And by the end of this year, I don't think that we will be past the all-time high. So if you're looking for a range here, I would buy, I would buy dips, but also, uh, there's going to be a major, another major consolidation, almost like a second bear market. Hey, Sue me. That's what I'm, I'm thinking. There's going to be a prolonged period here, maybe a mini bear market of three months or something like that. So get ready for it. <laughs> get ready for it. Anyway. Um, okay. That is price. Let's move on to mining. So we had a really big difficulty adjustment back on what day was that? Boom. Seven, nine. So the 9th of July. And if you guys go to bitcoinmarkets.com forward slash difficulty, I have a difficulty chart there as well as some averages. So you can take a look at year to date in 2019. Uh, you know, that was right around when we bottomed, right? Uh, the average difficulty adjustment is only 3.58%. Um, and the average overall difficulty adjustment in the history of Bitcoin is 12.3%. So this difficulty we just had was uh, 14.2. Very, very big change. I mean, it hasn't been, um, let's see, when was the last change that big? 14%. Uh, back this time last year, the 28th of July, 2018, we had a 14% increase. Uh, so it's been a long time, but this really good. It's healthy. And remember, I've talked about mining. I talk about mining on the show every single time, and I think that it is a lagging indicator. It's going to smooth out some of the um, some of the volatility of the price, and uh, so it, 
look, price has gone from 3000 to 14000 and the difficulty uh, is taking a while to catch up. And I think it's just now starting to catch up to the price. Uh, so if if we have a continued consolidation, look for the, the difficulty to flatline. So miners out there that are interested in what I think about the hash rate coming up, you know, I think the hash rate is going to be relatively flat as long as the price is relatively flat over the next couple months. All right. What else do we have? Okay, let's talk about altcoins, guys. Now, I did... Uh, put an altcoin chart into the fundamentals report this week. And I'll be tweeting out a link to that this week so you guys can get a taste of, uh, you know, to see what you, if you want to subscribe to that. I'm going to be tweeting that out. Uh, but also, let's just take a look at this before I start talking. So, oh man, it looks beautiful. Beautiful. So Ethereum is kind of the big daddy of the altcoins. Of course, it's the uh, quote-unquote number two behind Bitcoin. Um, I would just say it's number one altcoin, even though I believe Tether is the number one, number one altcoin. Uh, but <laughs> all the ranking sites are going to show you Ethereum. So anyway, um, Ethereum had this kind of Maginot line there at 0 0.025 Bitcoins, and everyone was talking about oh look it's bottoming we're gonna have altcoin season just around the corner and i guys weeks and weeks months a year i've been talking about that we need to have more and more and more altcoin blood and if this broke this 0.025 on ethereum if that broke i thought we had significant downside in ethereum and that's that's what's happened so let's take a look at the actual eth btc price we do have a bullish divergence on the coinbase chart here for eth btc but it broke this maginot line i think it's going to have a continued sell-off so if there is a bigger sell-off here you know that bullish divergence can disappear pretty quickly Ethereum is the bellwether for the altcoins, right? Imagine having your Ethereum locked up in a, what do they call them, CDP or what is the maker thing? E even in proof of stake, right? Think about proof of stake, not even maker DAO, DeFi, but you have, they want you to lock up your Ethereum uh, and to unlock it from this proof of stake, Ethereum 2.0 BS, it takes like a hundred days or something. I mean, a long, long time. I'm not, don't quote me on that. It's a long time. And imagine that. What if the price is crashing by 20% and you want to sell your Ethereum? Well, you can't because it's staked. Because it's locked into some collateral BS. As soon as these people start withdrawing their collateral, it's a, you know, reinforcing loop to the downside. I mean, yes, they say you have the die, okay? But look, the collateral is 1.5, right? 150%. So you have 50%, you only got 100% of the die. And you locked in 150% of Ethereum. So if the price of Ethereum crashes, you're still losing on that 50% extra collateral that you have in there. You cannot use those contracts to... Protect yourself. You can't. Plus, they're charging you interest now, right? 
So it's very, very bad situation. And if those things, like a lot of people talk about the make your DAO and uh, die specifically as a way to leverage up on your Ethereum. So you say you own a hundred Ethereum and you want to lever up on that, then uh, you would lock some into a contract, get the die, then buy more Ethereum. But that doesn't necessarily work. It works the opposite direction as well. So they're setting themselves up for failure, in my opinion. All right. And then just to round out this altcoin section, I wanted to talk about these, some of the people we've seen, like in the past, they've been Bitcoin skeptics, maybe token pushers or shitcoiners. And now they seem to be coming around to Bitcoin. Now, is that like for real? Right. And so I want to talk about that real fast. One of a big one is, uh, Pompliano Pomp. He, he was a tokenized the world, tokenized all the things person. And he just tweeted out the other day about Bitcoin, like passing 13,000 or something, or I don't know, dominance index. And he's like, was there ever any doubt? Well, of course there was a doubt because you were pumping shit coins and shit tokens for how long? And I think he still would, even if you asked him about like security tokens, he would still not be getting that side of the argument. And there's other people too. I mean, I don't really want to go through and name a bunch of names here, but there's other people that are that way. And they're starting to, they're claiming to be Bitcoin maximalists. They've come over to the Bitcoin maximalist side because you can't deny it right now, right? You can't, you'd have to, you'd have to support that other position. So there's a lot of people like that. But there are still a lot of altcoin shills on YouTube and podcasts and other things. So um, I subscribe to several different uh, podcasts or uh, YouTube channels, whatever you call them. And some of them are the altcoin channels still. And the main reason is because I want to hear what they're saying. You know, I want to hear their their narrative, what they're pumping out, what they're feeding their listeners. Are they turning? And a lot of them have turned, but a lot of them haven't. There's too much of this narrative left. So anyway. All right, let's get into the meat of this week, which is Powell, Chairman Powell, Federal Reserve, and Trump. He tweeted out about Bitcoin and Libra. Um, let's start with the Powell side. So Powell was testifying in front of Congress, which is not unusual in and of itself. He, I think it's a quarterly appearance in front of Congress. Um, but what is unique about this is it's right before they're, they're going to start cutting rates or potentially start to cut rates. I write about this in the, the newsletter this week. I, I don't know. It's, it's not a lock, right? <laughs> they, the economy, if you look at the official numbers, the economy is right in the sweet spot where they want it. So why would they cut? Ah. Anyway, so, but everybody thinks that it's all priced into the market now that they're going to be cutting here in a couple weeks. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Anyway, so he was testifying in front of Congress. Maxine Waters and some other lawmakers were grilling him about uh, Libra and not specifically about Bitcoin, but he brings it up. That's interesting. Overall, I thought Powell was likable, unlike Janet Yellen, who I could not stand. And Bernanke just is like an evil banker type, exactly. So I didn't like to watch him. But Powell, I don't 
I don't mind watching him. I think he's either a really good actor or maybe he's not so far into the deep state. I don't know. All right, so what did he have to say about this stuff? Well, um, when he was asked about Libra, and Maxine Waters kept saying Libra Calibra. I that's kind of funny. But um, uh, she, he, he was asked what he thought about Libra, and he said, well, you know, they met with us a couple months before the announcement, and he thinks they met with multiple central banks and multiple world leaders and policymakers from around the world before the announcement. Um, and it's not his responsibility. So he was stiff arming and he was like, you know, this is the treasury department. They, they have a working group. And so that was interesting all in of itself, but it looks like, you know, they really want answers to this. Um, the next part about Libra was another lawmaker was asking him if he's, uh, if he's aware of any other efforts like Libra out there from other companies. And he said that he thinks there's lots of companies that are looking at stable coins, but nothing that is scalable and he uses the word stable coin and scalable so he's you know been briefed quite a bit on this stuff um but he said nothing is quite as scalable as this facebook libra coin because of you know their network size and all of that so he said it's unique in that respect next he was asked about the reserve currency status of the dollar if these type of cryptocurrencies like bitcoin could uh, affect the world reserve currency status of the dollar. And it's interesting that when he was asked that question, he immediately jumped to Bitcoin. That means it's working, people. It's working. We're getting in there. So uh, <laughs> he immediately jumped to Bitcoin. He said, nobody's using Bitcoin. They're investing in it like gold, like a store of value. So again, we're right there. This is where we want to be. Remember, you build... Um, monetization of an asset through first store of value and confidence that takes a decade or more two decades to get that huge amount of store value and wealth around this currency to start working as money okay next is going to be lightning and all these things in probably a year or two we're going to start seeing some major moves with actually using bitcoin for payments but right now of course it's still a store of value so i thought that was Perfectly in our meme, in our narrative. This is really good stuff. All right, next is going to be Trump. And you guys have probably seen a lot about him already and what he said. Um, I'll just bring up this article quick. He talks about Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, which are not money and those value uh, and whose value is highly volatile and based on thin air. Unregulated crypto assets can facilitate unlawful behavior, including drug trade and other illegal activity. <laughs> I thought this was good because it's perfect no-coiner, right? This is like stereotypical no-coiner talk. And of course, people are going to read this and get it in their head eventually that the U.S. dollar isn't based on anything. And the U.S. dollar is used mostly in the world for the most used currency in the world for drug trade and, and illegal activity. So I thought this was perfect. Uh, it was meant to be bad, but there is no bad press for Bitcoin. All right, next he talks about Libra and that they have to get banking uh, charter just like any other uh, bank out there. And this is great to highlight the difference between Bitcoin and altcoins slash Libra. So it's perfect. Anyway, that's all I had to say about that. I could go on for a long time. We'll probably talk about this in our next banter episode. Uh, so don't miss out on that. 
And that will be a wrap for today. So thank you guys so much for listening. My name is Ansel Linder. This is Bitcoin and Markets. If you'd like to support the show, bitcoinandmarkets.com forward slash support. You can donate. There's lots of free ways to support the show, including rating us on iTunes, going watching us on YouTube, giving us a thumbs up so other people can find the show. Last but not least, become a member on Patreon. You might have noticed I'm doing more sponsors these days. I'm trying to monetize the podcast. Um, but I don't have to do that if you guys become patrons. I want to be beholden to my listeners, not to advertisers. So go to patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and Markets. Support us $5 a month. You get a little bit of extra content on Patreon, but you also get access to the Discord members chat room where I drop a bunch of extra links. Thank you to everybody that does support the show. That's it, guys. Remember, panic is coming eventually, so hold tight. We'll see you next week. Peace.